Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason here in Jersey for a night. Joined as always by John, who is abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? It's going good. Not much. Trouble, trouble in paradise. Uh, look, you were you were you were trying to rib me before, but there's a there's a community case in in New Zealand mm-hmm. because everybody and their mother wants to come to New Zealand, and someone who was in managed isolation and had tested negative on the third day and the eighteenth day tested positive five days after being in the community, as you would say, right? After walking around. Sure. Um, so who knows how many people that this person is infected, but the fact that we're talking about one case in New Zealand Tragic. and she Look. used a little, they, they've given us this little government ran app that I don't use by the way, because I won't lie, right? Being an American is hard to break. You know, look, haven't had any cases, right? Your app sucks. Nah, don't feel like using it. You don't want to be tracked. Not, not really. And quite Even frankly, everything, like, everything else on your phone is tracking you. Which is kind of my point. And I'm just like, you know, I shouldn't have to take out an app with a QR code that takes forever to load to scan a sign on a door when really, if I really, first of all, I don't go anywhere, right? I'm working from home. So if I really QR, want to see you have a QR went, code on your door. Most of it is at my house, right? And a lot of it is I know where I've gone. Like if you ask me where I've gone the last week, I can probably give it to you because I haven't gone. Where, where have you? Where have you gone the last week? Well, I know so, where you went yesterday. So I've okay. gone to the gym. Been to the gym four times. Yeah. Right. Been to the grocery store twice. I order online groceries, but I had two quick trips to the grocery stores. Forget some I stuff. To, you always forget stuff. You always forget stuff, right? Like, hey, I need to get some little extra almond milk or um, what do I go for? I got, got some bread, right? So one early morning, like, oh, we don't have any bread. So you go off and get some bread. Bananas to caramelize for your banana bread French toast? I know yeah, what you're that's thinking. Not, that's not that's, happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not happening. <laughs> that was me house, And that's it. That's Wait a minute. It. Wait a minute. What? What about, what about this thing that Alice was posting about? What thing? On Instagram. Again, I'm not checking her Instagram. You got to tell me what it is. <laughs> wasn't there like, it's like posting these pictures for like this this place that was very much like, uh, hang on. Yeah. What the hell? Dakota. A place called Dakota. Yeah, that was Alice. That was not me. Sorry. I know where I've been. Oh. I, for the most part, kind of know where she is. But guess what? This is a 1950. I don't keep tracks on Alice. No, I, I thought, I thought you were there, too. <laughs> I was I not figured I, No. You didn't no, go no, there to we, ride we, a we mechanical bull and... We do not do there. No, we do not. Uh, we do not do everything together. She was out with um, uh, someone who's getting married in a couple of weeks. It was their bachelorette party, which I believe yeah, it seemed like a bachelorette party uh, right? environment. Yeah, it was yeah, very much where uh, I was. I was home. Asleep. <laughs> I, was, I was. I was actually in a hotel room, but I was asleep. I. I took. Uh, yeah, I just took umbrage with that place. It was very much um, uh, cultural appropriation. Yeah, it was. It was very, you know, <laughs> in, in I, what part of I the told culture? Her. Yeah, <laughs> you told her. You said, stop appropriating my culture. I did. And um, I said, we're going to tell, what did I say? I'll tell you exactly what I said to her. Because you should hear it. So you know. And then you can carry on the, the American tradition of making things right. <laughs> so I said, so she said, oh no, am I going to get, I said, this is cultural appropriation. She said, oh no, am I going to get canceled? I said, yes, you and the whole country 
I'm telling our new liberal socialist Antifa president, and it'll all be over soon. <laughs> wow. And she didn't respond to that, because why would she? <laughs> I mean, I'd be terrified. And everything else she says after that could be used as evidence against her. So she, so does, she did the uses, right thing by not now, responding. To be fair, Alice uses the app, right? Like, there's something interesting about And again, I'm, I'm in the wrong here, right? I've not said that I'm right, right? This is, this is the American in me that's hard to break. Americans are arrogant know-it-alls. <laughs> And she uses the app, and I'll be honest, most Kiwis follow directions, right? Like, the government tells you to do something, and people go, well, that's what you do. The government told us to do it. For you and a Kiwi. And my <laughs> response is, ah, but do they, though? Like, does government really know? Like, what, what do you, like, even at the beginning of our lockdown, like, she was like, I don't think you understand how serious this is. I was like, well, I can probably still go to the gym. She's like, no, you can't. They're going to lock the country down. I was like, but my gym's a little private gym. Like, I just get my car driving back to work. <laughs> and she's like, no, like, you can't do this, right? I mean, but again, that was just my, that was my original thoughts. And I can totally see how the rest of America, even people that will wear masks and people that will take it seriously enough, there's always a little bit of that itch of like, okay, I'm taking it serious enough, but you're telling me I can't yeah. do that? Like we keep questioning, it. like what can we do? Yeah. Like, can I do that? Oh no, I can't do that. That's dumb. How about this? How about this? How about we're like that five year old who's going to keep asking questions after you said no? Yeah, pushing the limit. <laughs> that's just our. That's just culturally what we do as Americans. It's not good, but I, it's hard to break. Um. Yeah. So, you so guys, yeah, look, you we've break got out. You guys are in trouble. Yeah, um, it's a breakout. It's catastrophe. In the, now, but it's in Northland, right? Northland is as far as north as you can get in New Zealand. So okay, so it's the hill people. So you got the hill people who are getting it's the West sick Virginia up there. version of beautiful though. It's beautiful up there apparently. So just like but, build a wall around them and you're fine. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not worried about this at all. Am I going to use the app? Ah, make it faster. You know, <laughs> fix it. Fix it. Fix it. The app sucks. It's a, I got it's a, a crappy app. Make it better, and I'll use it. Managers. There's apparently a Bluetooth function now in the app, so maybe I'll just turn that on. But if you don't have the Bluetooth thing in your store, ah, I'm not going to take my phone out of my wallet, hit the button, wait for it to load, wait for it to load. People are like, hey, can you move out of the door? Because I'm trying to get in. I'm like, well, I'm waiting for the app to load so I can scan it. And look, with when I'm with Alice, she uses the app, so I don't have to do it. I walk into the store and start shopping as she is in there with her phone trying to get it to open so she can scan the, scan the door. There's a New York contact tracing app, and I have not installed it. It's a COVID alert New York app. And uh, it says, get an alert. This is what the app description says. Get an alert if you're exposed to someone who reported, who reported having COVID-19. This app is authorized and uses exposure notification systems from Apple and Google to have to see other contact tracing apps. So I guess you keep it on, it tracks your location, and then if you're like near somebody who's sick, then it's like, hey. You might be sick. Yeah. And look, I'm not saying the app. So I'm with you. You should should use the app. You should. I know. ah, I don't know. Just, just, you know where I'm at anyways, Google. Just hand the information over. Like, actually use it for good instead of advertising to me. Like, how about you actually team up with the government and say, look, guys, we're tracking you anyways. Just so you know. (laughs) Just in case you didn't figure it out. Yeah, we know. We know. We've been tracking you. So we walk around with your phone. We know where you're at. And we might send you an emergency alert if we can go through all this data and find out that you were at the grocery store on Tuesday at 748. 
So don't be surprised when it pops up and goes, hey, Jonathan, we've been watching you just in case you forgot. And we saw you at the grocery store. So you might have the Rona. Stay at home. Get checked. I'm cool with it. I'm down (laughs) with it. I have a bunch of people will freak out, but I know they're doing it anyways. So that's my position on the app and the scanning and but then like New Zealand gets real like self-righteous where people are like, have you been using your app? Now's a good time to remind your fan. And these are like people like on Twitter, and you're just like, Don't shake you shut up. I'll use the app when I want to use the app. And that's the American in me. <laughs> they should do the um, they should do a Japanese way. Like make a kawaii and make a character. Like Sharona the Rona puppy. Yes, if I can get a puppy on the app and there's a puppy stickered all over the store ah a little, little more willing to do it but not this weird yellow and white sort of crossed out caution line thing yeah, imagine it's, that imagine like if if it worked like a tamagotchi pet you know you had your own sharona rona and um or rona sharona that would probably be the better name for it and then um and it's like a little puppy and then you have to feed it so whenever you're at whenever you're out you you want to scan the code so that you uh, feed it, and that's what we call gamification in the business. I, again, I'm I'm cool if you make the app snappy and you gamify it. I'll I'll use it then. The times I've tried to use the app, it's extremely annoying to use. Yeah, I get it. It's extremely slow. It's based on a QR code, and then you're sitting there trying to scan it and moving it back and forth. It's just like, come on, guys. We got to have a better way than doing this. I should not have to pull my phone out of my pocket to check into a store. Like, just do it already. It's in my pocket. Just tag me in. I'm not doing anything extra. I'm not putting my phone up to a window. Um, But again, I'm wrong, right? It's one of those things where you know you're wrong and you kind of don't care because most likely you're an American. And that's why people hate us. And I'm actually okay (laughs) on this one. Like, yeah, you should hate me because I'm kind of a jerk when it comes to this. I don't want to scan with your stupid app, so I'm not going to do it And until you force me to, right? Until the government forces me to, and then Al shames me into doing it. That's how this is going to work. Okay. So if you don't force Which one me, do you to think do happens it? first? What? What do you mean? Do you think the government forces you to do it, or do you think Alice shames you into doing oh, it? Oh, she'll shame me into doing using it. That's okay. how it works. She shamed me into taking the first lockdown seriously because I had all these great plans. <laughs> it's like you need to stay home, but it's like okay, fine. Can I go for uh, a but walk? People believe in their government. That's they good do. for them. That's good for them. Yeah, it helps, you, know, you know, that's and again, I just got out of four year relationship with Trump. I'm a little scarred. Yeah, now we got Sleepy Joe. Yeah, and you know, it's back to being boring. It's not. It's kind of nice. It is kind of nice, but it also makes me worry a bit because I don't trust the Democrats either. I just, in general, don't trust the government. Do you trust uh, Bernie and his mittens? I think Bernie and his mittens are adorable. The memes are adorable. Bernie sold shirts for charity. That's adorable. Sure did. I'm not going to lie. I'm still a little bitter that Bernie's not our president because Bernie's adorable. <sighs> yeah, I, I know right, enough. Would you old not Jews. have more fun right now if Bernie <laughs> was the president? I find Joe Biden boring. He is. He's boring, and mm-hmm. I understand he's going to do stuff to try to make and make the whole unity thing. It just doesn't have any wow to it, right? Like, I mean, again, American, wow me, have a little pizzazz with it. I mean, it's and just for like me, it's per- it's too yeah. personal. It would be like one of my own crazy uncles. If it was Bernie <laughs> it's too close to home. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just too close to home. Oh. And it's also, yeah, I mm, as much of a nut as Trump was, he wasn't like far right. 
he wasn't really anything. No, he was far Trump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it only really escalated when conspiracy theories got in the way, but that's not neither right nor left. That's just dumb. So I just, yeah. I, I just, I, there's something about yeah. a far left he just didn't president that freaks me out. QAnon stuff because they liked him. He had no yeah, exactly. idea what QAnon was. He was just like, I heard about this thing. I don't know what it is, but they like me. So I'm down. If you like me, I'm down, right? You vote for me, I'm down with you. That's what, and that's what Trump's problem is. Trump really a white supremacist, probably, but I don't yeah. think Trump necessarily hates black. Trump just loves Trump, and so if you get in the way of Trump being able to love Trump, he's coming after you. Mm-hmm. And if you turn into be like Trump's a guy, he's like, yeah, you're a white supremacist. Hey, you're you know misogynist, and I don't really care. They like me. You guys deal when with people, that. When they asked him about. Um, QAnon or something. He's like, well, I understand they're they're against pedophilia, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's the Trump's just kind of an idiot. We just, I know, and again, it makes him sinister because then he he went out and you know started an insurrection. So I get it, right? You can't have that. But he did that because they were fighting for him. Yeah, of course. Like, hey, they're gonna go get. They're gonna go fight for me in my election. And now that Trump's gone. You're probably not going to hear much from him because Trump loves Trump. And Honestly, that week, that week he was off Twitter. That's all it took. You think if he'll he let off him back? Tw- if he was off Twitter for the four years, like if they actually kicked him off four years ago, he probably would have won. <laughs> he would have won for sure, and everything probably would have, and nobody would have thought it would have been as crazy. Every like few months, he'd pop up and say something stupid in a press conference because you know that's just the way it is. But think about all the tweets that just brought him down further and made him look like a bear moron. If there wasn't a paper trail, if you didn't have the receipts, and if you didn't keep printing them, then everything would have been fine for him. Like things didn't feel very different moment to moment, and things, and he just get into these personal fights. I still don't think anything would get done. But the coronavirus thing is just the biggest wrinkle where you're just like, um, that probably would have been a shit show regardless of whether he was on Twitter or not because he's still the worst and he's just like oh no it's gonna kill all my stuff so if i just pretend to like and i think this is just how a lot of these people have lived their lives of just if i just don't look at it it doesn't exist and that's what he he literally tried to ignore it away we tried to do that was his plan if we just stop talking about it it's just gonna go away and lo and behold it didn't and now we're in a situation where yeah like there was no plan over four hundred thousand dead and there's and no plan. Well, there's we'll a plan have, now, right? We'll there's a million, plan. Yeah. Right? Now Fauci's coming out and puffing yeah, his chest out. Wild is that it's news. Just, it's weird. And then so is what's her name? What's her name that needs to be kicked in the teeth? Um, Dr. Burks, who's like, I thought about quitting. And I was like, you sat there yeah. silently as this clown was talking about a scarf. Thing. Yeah, talking about we need to drink bleach. And you're just sitting there just rolling your eyes. And it's like, hey, how about you actually stand up for the oh, oh I didn't want to lose my job? Well, okay, then say that. Oh, I thought about quitting. Oh, you know, I really wanted to quit, but I'm glad I'm here now so we can fix things. It's like, yeah, that doesn't really, that's a cop out, right? Like, say it when it matters, not when Joe's talking about unity and we're all going to get together. Yeah. Um, well, look, we're getting, we're getting too far down the rabbit hole here. Yeah. I need to get yeah, an update. Easy. I need, I need to give a, I need to give a breakfast update here. Last week I said I was going to make my, my peanut butter stuffed chocolate pancakes, AKA peanut butter cup pancakes mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna lie i fucking nailed it they were delicious froze some discs of peanut butter the night before 
and then made a batch of chocolate pancakes, put a put about a quarter cup of batter down, let it cook a little bit, put that peanut butter disc on top, put another quarter cup on top, let it cook a little bit, flip, and goddamn, what what have I done? I ate two of them. One would have been enough. It's one of the <laughs> richest things I've ever made. I sliced some bananas to go along with it because who doesn't like that combination? Get a little chocolate, peanut butter, banana combo. Oof. Delicious. So that was quite good. Um, the first one, there was a little bit of a leak situation on the side, but nothing, nothing too bad. Second one, less of a leak situation. Third one, perfect. Perfect. Perfect for the Instagram photo. Goddamn, they were good. Um, then this week, I made a banana bread for the first time. And I made banana bread French toast with some caramelized bananas for breakfast this morning. Yeah, you're really... So you're down with bananas like that to that level. Because that's a lot of banana you just named. Yeah, I guess it was uh, a lot of bananas, some banana, banana crime. But it was it was pretty good. And... The, the the caramelized banana was just like, I need a garnish. I need something more than just these blocks of French toast, these dense banana bread French toast, which is delicious, by the way. I'd recommend it to anybody. You just got to let it soak for a little longer because it's a very dense thing. Um, But it was really good. I got to say, first time making banana bread, nailed it. First time making banana bread French toast, nailed it. Now, I don't want to say that I'm just like, gifted in the arts of baking wildly unhealthy sweet breakfast but um pretty good at it pretty good at it. i'm a man who knows my own tastes and uh yeah fair I enough just, look if you just get good marks every time i give myself in uh, if you a can minus. make yourself happy with i do the food that you cook you'll most likely make other people happy you're you're also kind of i mean you're not picky but you are a little picky at times yeah, which which is good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just I think you're cooking things to your own standards, which I would say is reasonably high. So yeah, I have no doubt that you're good at it. Yeah, just going there. I'm like, what would a child want in this situation? For example, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'm gonna make uh, make some French toast for my family. I was like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And my sister's like, can we just have like French toast? And I was like, all right, fair enough. So I went out. I got some got some brioche bread cut it up staling overnight because that's what you got to do then i bought some uh, frosted flakes because god damn it i'm gonna dip that shit in some frosted flakes before I fry. <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah it is you know you know i said that and you're like that's a good idea yeah it's not a but yeah i make some frosted flake crunchy french toast god damn it's gonna be i mean i'm just not a giant french toast person that's the problem i'm just not a like it's fine but I don't, when I look at a breakfast menu, French toast for me is lower down the list than pancakes and waffles. But that's just me. And that's right? even lower than like an omelet or eggs. Exactly. Or so, yeah. yeah. Or just it. like an actual like toast and like um, an actual adult type of meal. Right. I'm, I'm much more, Plain, again, it's been a long time, toast, but I, bullshit. I'm much more likely to order like mushrooms and spinach and those types of things in a breakfast than I am to order pancakes yeah, and sauce. You'd rather have, do you have, do you have your, do you have Ezekiel bread? Is that the kind of exactly. shit you'd ask nowadays? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. So like some biblical shit. Yeah. Bible bread, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hard, like hard as a rock. 
but Hardy, good for the soul. <laughs> Who did Ezekiel kill or get killed by? Who was he? For the bread? I don't know. Sounds like a biblical figure. It was something about like bread that like doesn't rise or something because yeast being the devil or something. <laughs> I, I, I'm making this up, but that's it's got something to do with that. And those, and those and those slaves had to leave in a hurry. They, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, watch the Rugrats Passover like, special. Yeah, the, Ezekiel bread. Let's let's look into this. Um, why Ezekiel bread is bread is bad? Yeah, great. Um, yeah, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> It's flourish bread made from a variety of sprouted grains. So oh, the grains are mashed into a yeah. dough-like texture. And it's loading because WebMD. Um, sprouting grains increase in nutritional value. Some researchers had suggested that sprouted grain could be a part of global solution to boost nutrition. Look at that. I'm saving the world. Um, it's a whole grain product. Whole grains are better to have in your diet than highly processed grains, such as white flour. In addition to wheat, Ezekiel bread contains barley, lentils, spelt, millet and soybeans okay here we go ezekiel is the center protagonist of the book of ezekiel in the hebrew bible in judaism christianity and islam ezekiel is acknowledged as a hebrew prophet in judaism and christianity he is also viewed as the sixth century bce author of the book of ezekiel okay which reveals prophecies how you do it (laughs) yeah just like Antoine Fisher, right? Written and directed by Antoine Fisher, <laughs> which reveals prophecies regarding the destruction of Jerusalem and the restoration of the land of Israel. All right, so who killed him? I don't know if anyone killed Ezekiel. Like, like the bread is based like on that. a passage in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 4. So Nine. he wrote it. This so is the guy I who read wrote this bread. Is. Yeah, so he literally writes the recipe of the bread in the Bible, right? Yeah. Starting with Verse, verse 9 through 17. Take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt. Put them in a storage jar and use them to make bread for yourself. You are to eat it during the 390 days you lie on your side. Side. Weigh out 20 shekels of food to eat each day and eat it at set times. Also measure out a six of a hen of water and drink it at set times. He's a little, a little repetitive here, Ezekiel. Eat the food as you would a loaf of barley bread. Bake it in sight of the people using human excrement for fuel. That can't oh. be right. This isn't BibleGateway.com. What are we talking about? The Lord said, in this way, the people of Israel will eat defiled food amongst the nations where I will drive them. Then I said, not so, sovereign Lord. I have never defiled myself from my youth until now. I have never eaten anything found dead or torn by wild animals. No impure meat has ever entered my mouth. Very well, God said, I will let you bake your bread over cow dung instead of human excrement. He then said to me, son of man, I am about to cut off the food supply to Jerusalem. The people will eat rationed food in anxiety and drink rationed water in despair for food and water will be scarce. They will be appalled at the sight of each other and will waste away because of their sin. God is ruthless in the Bible, by the way. If you've not read, the Bible's full of this, right? Like, I see why if you're God-fearing, like, really, really God-fearing, the Bible is terrifying. Because yeah. God here basically said, you got to eat this bread over some over some human poo. And he was like, come on, man. I've never eaten. I don't eat meat. And he's like, all right, let's do it over over cow poo. Like, that's God. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was Ezekiel who wrote that thing. Didn't you say that? No, he wrote- but he, he, was, this was, he was talking to God. Yeah, so like God that. was telling him, take wheat and barley and do this while like God's giving him instructions on how he needs to live for the th- next 390 days. And Ezekiel is saying, I've never defiled myself from my youth until now. I've never eaten anything dead. 
are like, you know, I am pure. I am of pure life. And God saying, okay, then you can break your bread over cow dung instead of human excrement. And then he said, I'm about to cut off the food supply. So you better get ready. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bad this book. This is from BibleGateway.com. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 4, uh, verses 9, chapter 4, right? Chapter uh, Verse 9 through 17, I believe is how you read that. I've never read the Bible. It's it the there. it's the Torah, <laughs> just extended edition. Yeah, I didn't read that either. I get I get oh, the story. Yeah, you did. You had to. You had a bar. You were bar mitzvah. You had to read some yeah, of it. And you I, spoke yeah, I read a chunk of it. I don't know what it meant. It's five. It's the first five books of the Bible. Like you can read that. It's not that I, watched, I watched the Prince of Egypt. All right, that's like that's what I got. If we made the first, if we made a tour video game, would you have played it? There have been Bible video games. And no, I wouldn't have. Like, I, no, I just. What no. if it was really Get good? It. What if it was? What if it was like God of War style? But like, yeah, really I'd play good. it. Yeah, of course you would. You fraud. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was really good, but it it won't be. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should make because the movies, right? We've made a lot of movies about the Bible. Yeah, who's that guy? That like Christian actor who's like a big Trump supporter. I was about to say Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. No, um, he's in like the Left Behind movies. No idea. I'm gonna tell you, Kenneth Copeland. Is it Kenneth Copeland? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly who it is. Is it? He's not an actor though. Kenneth Copeland no, no. is a. He he runs a mega church. Uh, Kirk Cameron. No, <laughs> but he's he's kind of the same. John Voight. Park. Oh yeah, John Voight. <laughs> Wait, so fight against Satan? Yes, yeah, Satan. You think I'm being hyperbolic? No, it's really Satan. <laughs> so, Sleepy Joe. Are, so Sleepy make Joe. some make some French toast with the with the Ezekiel bread. Now, now that you know the background of it, you got a little more energy. I don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> that, that's that's your answer. <laughs> that's right there. That heavy sigh was the answer. Let's see here, Christian movie fan for like thirty seconds. You're not. You're not doing that at all. You're not saying anything. No. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just trying to find this guy. All right. Whatever. I can't find it. When I do, I'll let you know. Anyway, I got some news stories. I got two. All right. And uh, so, your choices are Ewoks and dogs. Let's do dogs and Ewoks. Okay. Fair enough. Reading from delish.com. Ben and Jerry's ice cream for dogs exists, and now we're jealous of dogs. I thought that's I thought that's been a thing for a long time, but continue, please. Um, and then did the subtitle, although there's no dog version of Ben and Jerry's cookie dough yet. So dot dot dot. All right, fair enough, writer. And at the same time, though, stop giving your opinion in the article, whoever wrote this. Buckle I understand up. it's delish, so it's not, you know, it's not Pulitzer Prize winning, but come on. Now, I had a Fox News link, but that just disappeared. So here we are at delish. <laughs> Fake news. Yeah, that's the only real news. Um, for many people, dogs have brought much needed joy and support during these, don't say it, don't say it, unprecedented times. So don't you think they deserve a thank you? Maybe a thank you in the shape of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Let me finish. This is a very oddly written article, but also all it's also written the exact way I 
I would write an article like this. Ben and Jerry's ice cream for dogs exists, and we're jealous of the flavors on offer for your furry friends, to be honest. Saying that she actually wrote TBH. I said, to be honest, yeah. but she wrote TBH. This must have been written in text message. Saying that's there, saying that's theirs currently not. Jesus Christ, what, why did I choose this article? Saying that yeah, there's currently yeah. not a ton of version of Ben and Jerry's cookie dough, so at least we still have that over our four-legged friends. The two flavors on offer in the doggy dessert range do sound amazing, though. The first option is Rosie's Batch, which is pumpkin-flavored and is stuffed with mini cookies. The second flavor on offer is Pontius Mix, which features peanut butter and pretzel swirls. They do sound pretty good. And in case you're wondering... They're named after the after dogs who belong to people working at Ben and Jerry's. Too cute. Now, of course, these aren't actually ice creams, as doggos shouldn't be eating ice cream made for humans, as dairy is not good for their soft little bellies. Instead, the desserts are made from sunflower butter, which is safe for dogs to eat, and humans too, if you fancy giving these doggy desserts a go for yourself. <laughs> Unfortunately, these dog tr- these dog treats are currently only available in the USA, but we're hoping that Ben and Jerry's will see how popular they are and bring them across the pond ASAP. I mean, Anthony Porowski commented on Instagram with the post, OMG, OMG. So if he's into it, you know, all us dog-owning Brits will be too. This is also the UK delish. I also don't know who Anthony Porowski is. So... There you go. That's the story. They made ice cream for dogs. Is, is Ben and Jerry's like the most liberal co- company of all time? Um, they're up there. Well, no, I'd say like, like they're really they're really high up there. I'm asking because I'm on their website. The profit ones go maybe they're up. Yeah, there. for sure they're up there. Just because like I'm reading this and they're talking about like the first hundred days of the presidency. Like they've done a lot of work with Black Lives Matter and and racial injustice and oh, yeah. like you look at their yeah. current like leadership group and it is it's like the it's like every they've got every single part of this covered and yeah of course they're gonna feed dogs with ice cream that's safe for them because it's ben and jerry's like it's basically if bernie sanders was an ice cream (laughs) he'd be ben and jerry's it's what he it's what it is bernie sanders have a ben and jerry's ice cream how does he not yeah how does he not right like he should yeah what do you think would go in it just the one percent <laughs> love i don't know like whatever what does bernie eat what 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 is a good what what's a good jewish flavor in an ice cream um matzo ball ice cream <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd take a lot of ice cream oh that'd be so gross no, no you know what it would be it would be babka there'd have to be like, it'd have to be like babka inspired ice cream that's i'd be on board for that yeah yeah, I'm surprised that he actually doesn't have an ice cream. They did. Okay, so I guess Ben and okay. J- so looking at uh, from Eater, Ben and Jerry's hope you'll feel the burn with limited edition ice cream for Bernie Sanders. So Bernie ice cream. This given also here called Bernie's Yearning. Oh, support, yikes. <laughs> by supporter and Ben and Jerry co-founder Ben Cohen now ramping up. I just want to know what's in it. It, it had a vanilla base. It had to, right? I would be surprised if it was a chocolate base. It's hot. It's hot cinnamon ice cream with one very large chocolate disc on top, a very stiff butter toffee backbone going down the middle. 
The description explains the symbolism of each component. The chocolate disc represents all the wealth that has risen to the top 1%. Okay, the backbone yeah. represents Bernie's steadfast determination to an un to unrig our economy. And the hot cinnamon is our political revolution holding politicians' feet to okay, the fire. Okay, yeah, we Big look at that. Work for the working people and of all race and gender. So there you go. Wow. That sounds okay, but why just like give me more of that toffee? Like, give me the good stuff. Don't just hide it down the middle. You're holding out on us, Bernie. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this now. So, new Ben and Jerry's for dogs. They got doggy desserts and peanut butter and pretzels, all the things that dog loves. It's funny because Rosie's batch, right? So, the frozen dog treat with pumpkin and mini cookies has terrible reviews. Awful reviews. One point four in the reviews. You don't do. You think the dogs wrote the reviews? Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. So poor ingredients from Jessica. Mm-hmm. Right. I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I grew up with my father telling me all about the factory visits as a kid. I'm also very pleased with their stance as a company for equal rights. This company's ice cream products have always been a favorite of mine, and their silly names loaded down ice cream goodies. Yeah, butter them up. Butter them up. Here we how, go. How disappointed I am to find there was little to no research done on what ingredients dogs are able to eat and the importance of our pet's health. True, we, as people, may eat sugary nonsense and always ingest the best diets, but and not always ingest the best diets, but two pounds gained to us is much less detrimental on a 35-year-old is much less detrimental than to a 35-pound dog. Perhaps even consider they may live a good 18 years old. We may live to a good 85. To add weight gain or poor diet to an already short life is not done in good conscience. Try a simple beef liver, sweet potato, yogurt blend, no sugar, seasonings, wheat, corn, etc. That's what they want and what we and what we're designed to eat. Give them what they want. Give the pet parents something to be proud of feeding their dogs. Give it the same nutritional and safety standards you'd give your human consumers. After all, we'll be the ones to buy it and pass uh, to buy it or pass it up up and give a word of mouth news new products what the hell is she talking about but anyways this is, this yeah this is this is full of basically saying that the ingredients for this are bad so i was so excited for this product to come out i've been looking for a healthy new snack treat to feed my girls when i read the ingredients i'm downright shocked and horrified that a company as reputable as yours wouldn't do a little more research to what dogs should eat and actually do eat I understand it's supposed to be a treat, but why feed such unhealthy things to my babies when it's not necessary and oh doing God. nothing beneficial? This is nothing but pure sugar and processed bad things that you should never feed your dog. I would I would expect way more from this company. So disappointed. This woman definitely has dog bomb written in her dating profile. Uh, it's doggo mamo. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We should just read these reviews. Wow. Uh, it, it's full of these types of reviews on this page. And these are from five, six days ago. Um, yeah, let's do so, this shit. was just announced like two weeks ago. So Bob Puppy Marley. I only heard about it today. Wrote this today. Never. Worst ingredients for dogs. Never, never, never give this garbage to your dogs unless you want digestive issues and illness down the road. What the fuck garbage. People? Are they I'm like a huge BJ fan forever? Um, so it's a lot of poor ingredients, bad ingredients for dogs. So this specific flavor, right? Corn, yeah, sugar, you know, flour, you know starch. Yeah, but are no no ingredients for dogs. You know what else has a lot of poor ingredients? Ice cream. Like in general, when you eat ice cream, it has poor ingredients for your own bat 
body, you dumb, you dummy. But like, like who's buying this good and the dog, dog on a regular it. basis? This is something that you see that's cute. You try it once. The dog has rampant diarrhea all over the floor. You never feed it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's no different than, you know, an international trip. Like, just just goddamn go and have some fun. So another, another I'll just read one more from Dog Mom. Of course. Poor ingredients. Most of these ingredients are not dog friendly. I make my own dog food and veggie yeah, treats. Say my baby. <laughs> no sugar, no salt, no dairy. Please make these more dog friendly. Use pumpkin, sweet potatoes, bananas, cranberries, squashes, peanut butter, and blueberries. What dog is eating all of that crap? <laughs> you talk to a dog. Well, you know, I really enjoy pumpkin, sweet potatoes, bananas, and cranberries and squashes because it fits my dietary needs for a dog. <laughs> yeah, I prefer all my sugar to be natural. I don't like any added sugar in my uh, in my treats. Thank you very much. Yeah, so it's just. And then one more review from Arcola. Come these on, are, these are animals that like chewing on pigs' ears. Okay, and will eat their own pig. Right? Dogs sometimes go. Hey, I got to clean that up in case someone finds me. It's a little little bit of a <laughs> nature instinct of if they smell me, they can find me. Yeah, uh, was super excited for this, and then you. F- and then you fail the dogs with the ingredients. It's not hard to make healthy dog ice cream. I expected too much, I guess. Super let down. Is it? So, first of all, dog people are nuts, right? They just are. Animal people are nuts. But they all have pretty bad... The one that has the best reviews is Ponch's Mix. P-O-N-T-C-H. That's right. Ponch's Mix has the better reviews of the two. Um, and there's still some poor reviews, but most of them are, you know, huge hit, wonderful treat. And then there's read the ingredients and it's dog shouldn't basically have anything to do with this. You make people ice cream, stick to that. Don't jump the bandwagon because just cause it's mainstream. Yeah. There's a, I just looked up dog ice cream and there's a, and I'm on a Petco and there's a five and there's seven, there's five stars for this pooch creamery ice cream. <clears throat> vanilla dog treats so i guess it's a concept like all these have really good reviews yeah it's just ben and jerry's basically made their regular ice cream but just more <laughs> like they didn't do anything different and so that's why it's got all the stuff in there because that's what you feed you know that's what you feed humans so they took out some of the other stuff but left in things like corn syrup and they're like we'll make it out of sweet potatoes and you well, know all people are a little nuts well 50 percent of my life ago I was uh, working at an ice cream shop, and one of the things we did was we made milk bone ice cream sandwiches for dogs. And it was just like a little bit of vanilla ice cream, saucer vanilla ice cream between uh, two dog treats. And the dogs eating this were, I mean, I I just get the visual of a dog eating an ice cream cone or a bucket of ice cream, and it's adorable, right? It's hilarious. And uh, have I told you the time that I ate one of those dog treats in front of a bunch of deaf people? You told me about your time eating a milk bone because I've asked you if you've ever eaten dog food, and I believe this was your story, right? <laughs> exactly the story. Yep, it happened because my my boss, his uh, his parents were deaf, and they were at the shop with a bunch of their friends, and for some reason that was a dare that he made, and I did it because I am not a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i guess the moral of this story is ben and jerry's is uh fake of the funk and if you want dog ice cream there's better brands out there yeah look into a uh, pooch creamery 
or you know, just give them a pig's ear because they seem yeah, to like, like that. Do they need it, or just give them an ice cube? Right, like dogs like ice cubes. My dad for um, for his dog's birthday. I don't know if he does it for his current dog, but his last dog, he would get a he would get her a Big Mac for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, actually. That's that's pretty funny. Just yeah, birthday, just year. I do, I'd do it. Open I'd up do the like Big Mac birthday. box and just there you go. That's a treat. That's like a once a month treat. If I, if you're gonna do it, then do it. Go like, come on. I don't know. I kind of like I kind of like the once a year because just the visual of eating a Big Mac is pretty funny. <laughs> like there's a lot in a Big Mac to unpack. <laughs> so it's just like, what would the dog start with? I I kind of have. You should ask your dad this question of, of like how just chew into it, just all of it, just one big bite, or would it yeah, like no, you just kind of. You'd go from the top down because you're a dog. It's not like you're <laughs> serving it like a... <laughs> no, but like that's what I mean. You're top down, like would you just, would you like move the bread off and try to get to the meat? Or do you just like start literally eating each part of this assembled sandwich? Like you no, eat the you top one, you eat the lettuce, you eat the special sauce, you eat the beef patty, then you eat the next bun, right? Because there's three buns in the Big Mac. That's the... That's the well, here's the problem. A dog's, a dog's mouth... Especially like he had a, he had, it was a German short hair pointer, right? Okay. I don't know what um, that dog is, but I'm going to look it up. So it's annoying and I'm highly allergic to it. That's what it is. Dog is a big dog. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, is a dog. That's a dog whose, whose mouth is not like ideally sandwich shaped. No, it's got a very long snout. Again, it looks like one of those. Again, most of the pictures with this yeah. dog has a leg up because he's pointing to you which, to which direction the bird and or deer is. Yeah, exactly. Which is the perfect dog to have in a New York City apartment. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like this dog. No, I I didn't like it because I was just highly allergic to it. At least this oh. dog wasn't a shithead to me. Um, his new dog though is just an asshole to me. Like I, I walk in the door and it just starts barking its head off, like, or her head off, like a crazy person (laughs) and, and the tail's wagging too. So she's having a blast while just barking her head off being like, Oh, he's here. And and it's another big dog. What type of dog does he have now? It's like medium sized and it doesn't, it's like, it's just annoying. It's not like it doesn't scare me. Like I know the dog's not going to do anything. I'm just like I just walk right by it. Like yeah, I can't because I can't I can't touch you or I'm going to be or that shit's going to be stuck to me forever because I'm just highly allergic to it as well. Yes. Yeah. So you know. So so do you so like I I kind of like the Big Mac idea though. I think your dad's onto something. Watching this dog eat a Big Mac, I'd like to see. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if he still does, <laughs> but if he does, I'll I'll ask for if he has any video of. Uh, I'd love a video of a dog eating a Big Mac. <laughs> there's something about that that I'm very interested in. Now, I would like to watch a dog eat a Big Mac. Maybe there's a YouTube video. Sure, uh, maybe, maybe. Let's see, dogs eating. I mean, it doesn't even have a Big Mac. It'd just be eating a burger, right? There's a dog eating a burrito. That's the first thing that comes up. Dog eating a spaghetti. Yeah, but that's come on. Kids, let's not recreate. Like, let's new things, right? Like, they got dogs eating ice creams, but like dog eating. Oh, here we go. Wait a minute. I just, I just ended up on the doggysaurus.com and it says, "Can dogs eat Big Mac safely? Plus, which part is toxic?" <laughs> oh, wow. 
our dog not eating a Big Mac. And there's this video of this lab with just a Big Mac in his mouth. And he's not doing much from 12 years ago, about when you'd expect this. And it looks like a video what YouTube used to be. Uh, this guy literally putting his big mouth in this dog's mouth, and this dog is just holding on to it. Okay. Onions, onions are not safe for dogs. Didn't uh, that's right. Because because what is it? It's two beef patties. There's a song to the Big Mac that was out before our time, but there's special sauce. There's cheese. There's onions. There's lettuce. Right. There's no tomato on a Big Mac. It's a bun, beef patty, shredded lettuce, Big Mac sauce, processed cheese slice, pickled slice, and onions. Yeah. Uh, this video of this dog not eating this Big Mac has made my day. <laughs> it is, it is amazing. It is right, so fun to watch. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so here's so here's a tip, right? If you've taken anything away from this podcast, it's don't give your dog Ben and Jerry's ice cream, but you can give it. <laughs> <laughs> give the dog a Big Mac. This video is great. This dog <laughs> is not eating this Big Mac. It is just in its mouth. I don't know what the guy's saying because I've got this on mute. But the video is literally this dog with a Big Mac in his mouth. There's drool coming down the side of his mouth, and he has not bitten into this Big Mac. And at some point, he gives the Big Mac back. It's amazing. It's adorable. (laughs) It needs to be, if we're still doing images for our podcast, just an image of this dog with the Big Mac in its mouth is my request. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't. And I think he's talking to the dog like, good boy, stay. And the dog is just like, man, I really just have to hold this thing in my mouth. I can't. I just want to bite on it. Let me bite on it. And it's just in his mouth. And there's drool coming down that little dog pocket on the oh on the lower god. lip. It's oh, great. Thank, thank God. Oh, my God. That also reminded me of my, uh, of my uh, dog growing up. I had a black lab mixed with a whole bunch of who knows what. But um, <laughs> mixed with a lot of other dogs. He, he was a he was a rescue. He was a rescue lab. So it's mixed with something that's like we don't know. There's just like a little, like a medium to smaller size black lab, and he was the shit. And if that was a Big Mac in his mouth, he would have devoured that shit. Like <laughs> it wouldn't have been a question. And if it was my stepsister's dog, Petey, who was <laughs> this dog, was the. <laughs> it's funny because you named the 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 game studio that you were going to run was named after this dog yeah and it was like the fattest (laughs) oh man sorry i'm losing it here this this dog makes you happy well that video is great i mean dog um no, if that if that was like in Petey's mouth, it phew, Jesus Christ, Petey was the fattest fucking dog. He would eat everything. You want a dog that eats his own shit? I would not be surprised. <laughs> oh man, oh yeah, it's good. And now I'm watching uh, Rottweiler eat Chick Fil A and a Big Mac. <laughs> so now I'm down this rabbit hole. I'm going to watch. This guy is driving Chick-fil-A and McDonald's with this adorable Rottweiler. Rottweilers are adorable dogs that get terrible rep. If I if I had my choice, if I was a single man and just wanted to buy a dog, I'd buy a nice Rottweiler just because they're adorable looking dogs, even though they're kind of a menace if you don't train them right. But 
this guy's going to feed this Rottweiler a Big Mac and a, and a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. So, yeah. So you're, just, <laughs> you're just going down the rabbit hole of I am. Um, I'm in. dogs eating fast food. I am. Yeah. It's quite amazing. Cool. Good stuff. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next, uh, to the next story here. Talk about Ewoks. <laughs> that was, uh, that was delightful. All right. Um, all right. Reading from IFL science, which originally was, I fucking love science. And then they went mainstream and it became IFL science. Oh man. This chicken sandwich looks delicious. Go for that one, buddy. Sorry. Continue. Chick-fil-A sandwiches, man. All right. Here oh, it go. looks good. Even so, though I've never seen a Chick-fil-A sandwich with like lettuce and cheese on it. That's a little weird. I guess lettuce is good for dogs. But anyway, sorry. So I don't think I brought it up on this podcast, but I definitely, it, it might have been the- oh, Hold uh, on, hold on, hold on. Now I'm right, right? He eats the bun first. That's exactly what you would do. You down. would pull the bun off you first. You serve it. You're going to be going down. You have to do and it. And then there he goes. He's getting the meat. He's licking the meat. He's licking the meat. <laughs> and he is, it's on a hardwood floor, so the, the box is sliding around, but he is just licking the meat patty. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> Sorry, just just he ate it the way I thought he would. So no, you're all good. Remember that time I ruined Star Wars for you by telling you that there's what? Why would the Death Star exist if matter? If you have to like <laughs> create this big ass fucking planet sized space station, then you need to basically get the resources from a planet, like all of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I feel like that would mess up like the gravitational pull of what's around it, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of problems with that. Like structural, structurally, <laughs> it's like getting all that all those resources is crazy to think about. So anyway, I got another one for you. That one was my own thought. This is one that uh, came from IFL Science. So the Ewoks would have died shortly after the end of Star Wars, according to physicists. <laughs> yeah. The Ewoks are doomed, according to a group of 11 physicists, after the Empire's second giant superweapon, the Death Star Mark II, exploded near the forest moon of Endor. A series of events would have led to the collapse of their ecosystem and the deaths of the furry stormtrooper fighting teddy bears, as reported by Tech Insider. The Star Wars universe, officially 38 years old this year, is beautifully realized and meticulously constructed. So it should come, it's not, by the way. So it should come as no surprise that some scientists and journalists have taken time out of their day jobs to logically address parts of it. How much would it cost to build the Death Star? How would you treat a lightsaber wound? Could the planets themselves actually exist? Now, another question that has been academically addressed. What would happen to the Ewoks on Endor's moon after the second Death Star was cataclysmically destroyed at the end of Return of the Jedi? Essentially, the problem of so-called Endor Holocaust comes down to one thing. How much of the moon-sized weapon fell down onto the forest moon after it was seemingly obliterated? The destruction of the reactor caused the artificial satellite to destroy with to be destroyed within a second. This means that large chunks of metallic debris would have been ejected at 354,000 kilometers per hour. That's 220,000 miles per hour, six times quicker than humanity's fastest spacecraft. Quote, the energy carried by the debris would not be enough to destroy the moon. Matija Cook, uh, an orbital dynamics researcher, told Tech Insider, quote, but it would heavily erode the side facing the Death Star, end quote. Planetary physicists Eric Asfog agrees, as he points out, the reactor's destruction would would not merely vaporize the entire Death Star. Quote, there will be huge chunks of the Death Star raining down 
on, on the Ewoks that might make their life unpleasant. <laughs> Quote, he said, forest fires started by the irradiated burning hot debris could cause a huge ecosystem collapse. Quote, the Ewoks are dead, all of them, and quote, concluded one particular grim analysis by David Minton, a planetary scientist. In his four-page white paper sent to Tech Insider, he also assumed, yeah, seriously, so he also assumed there would be, I hope that was like single-spaced and size like six fonts. <laughs> I had to squeeze it all in. <laughs> it, it could have, I couldn't be five pages. There's no way. But there's a lot of information to get out of this. Very valuable. He also assumed that there would be plenty of debris left over after the initial explosion and that the Death Star remnants would begin to fall out of artificially maintained orbit after both its shield generator and internal structure were destroyed. Minton considers the explosion to have been for gent- far gentler than Cook and suggests that the debris pieces were moving at just 10,100 kilometers per hour, or 6,275 miles per hour for you normies out there, before impact. Nevertheless, even at this slower speed, if the debris impacted the moon's surface simultaneously, it would still leave a crater of 700 kilometers or 435 miles wide, nearly four times the size of the Chicxulub crater produced by the dinosaur-killing asteroid impact on Earth. Quote, the aftermath of this impact would be to obliterate everything on the surface. No Ewok could withstand an impact of that magnitude. End quote. Minton concluded, quote, <laughs> every forest would ignite into a global firestorm and quote this would also this also would certainly have annihilated the most important members of the rebel alliance celebrating their ultimate victory over the galactic empire whoops it's safe to assume that since the force awakens featured the return of han solo and leia the creator return of the jedi made the assumption that the second death star was completely vaporized upon destruction <laughs> so i mean yeah, what do you think? that's yeah. There's a lot of when you brought up the flaws with the Death Star, that sort of sums up like how problematic blowing this thing up would have been. Well, like it's a planet. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. I know Star Wars like goes through and blows up planets without much repercussions, like they just kind of disappear. <laughs> They're just kind of like, yeah, we blew it up and it's gone. It's like that's not how that would work. Yeah, Star Wars is never really again. I came to the realization in in. Uh, whatever the hell the last movie was something skywalker the something of skywalker the last skywalker? The, rise, the rise of skywalker the rise of skywalker the last yeah. jedi was what I was thinking. yeah yeah but it was the rise of skywalker i'm like man star wars is a bunch of silly nonsense and and that's okay because it's all it's about the characters in that it's always been a bunch of silly nonsense i really believe my personal opinion is that the empire strikes back which isn't even necessarily called Star Wars, right? Isn't it just called The Empire Strikes Back? It's Star Wars calling The Empire Strikes Back, yeah. Is it? Because one of those movies just doesn't have, it's just called what it is. That movie, I really believe, because it's it's a little different. That movie ends, like, that was, I mean, it ends Infinity War style. Or sorry, is it Infinity War? In, yeah, Infinity no, War style. Infinity War, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're kind of like, oh, man, this is awful. Like, everything's gone, everything's gone belly up. I think that movie just gives a lot of it gives a lot of credibility to something that was never there, <laughs> right? Like it's always been silly. The Ewoks are silly. Jar Jar is silly. That's why when Star Wars fans get all up in arms about it, it's like, do you not know what you're watching? Like this thing's always been this silly little thing. Like that's that's just what it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not really about the logic 
of the universe. It's just like, well, what kind of wacky shit can we throw at our heroes this time? And really, what makes or break a Star Wars movie is the characters. That's why none of the first, that's why none of the like prequels work because the acting is terrible and the writing is terrible. It's like there's nothing interesting about it. Like I could rewatch the new trilogy, even though they're super, even though like the Force Awakens very much retreads the first one. I I really like The Last Jedi because of the risks it takes. And again, the, the characters are interesting. And then, and then the third one, like everybody's just having a good time. Even though I, it's really and I don't really know what's actually happening in the third one. That movie's very confusing to me. Yeah, like again, just because it's all over the place, it's like a bunch of different storylines at the same time. It's just like me. Yeah, they tried really is. hard to kind of make everybody happy, and then yeah. and then in execution, made, it was just really stupid. Well, so, part of the reason why the Mandalorian is so why everyone loves it is because it's got great characters. Like it's exactly. the same Star Wars crap, but the characters are all for the most part pretty good, right? Like every character kind of plays its lane and they just kind of stick to it, and that's why it works. It's not because the Mandalorian is so much better of a character or story; it's just better written and it's built first. It's built for characters, right? It's character driven. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I thought this was uh. This is interesting. Well, maybe the Ewoks are dead because we haven't seen them since, right? That's, have you seen an Ewok in a movie since? No. I mean, they might have showed up and they brought everything back to Rise of the Skywalker. So maybe one showed up for a second, flying a <laughs> ship at the end to fight the <laughs> like the amount of Star Destroyers at the end of that movie. Like there was thousands of Star Destroyers. Those might have been more resource intensive than building Death Stars. I actually don't know if I made it that far, to be honest with you. I made it to like them fighting on the on that big ship in the middle of the ocean. Oh, that's a cool thing. After that, I kind of turned it off. I don't remember them actually riding a riding a space horse. (laughs) I don't remember that. So, oh yeah, riding a space horse on the on a star destroyer. It's it's like I said, it's really silly nonsense, but it's fun. I didn't hate it. Some people hate it. If you think about it for too long, I could see why you'd hate it. But it could also be like the Dark Knight Rises issue, <laughs> where if I watch it again, I'll start to hate it. And I haven't gotten that far yet. So we'll just keep leave well enough alone at that point. Yeah. So move on to a little reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish. I was going to read... I was going to go through this article about QAnon supporters, but... I don't want to do that. We'll do that next week. And unless some crazy shit happens, but I'll keep that in the pocket. What I want to do instead, <clears throat> I want to cast a Joe Biden biopic. Now that you, because if you think about it, like mm-hmm. there's going to be a movie about Joe Biden. You think so? Oh yeah. Like his, his journey to get here, even the last four years of his journey to get here is pretty crazy. You remember that Trump was impeached because he was trying to solicit dirt on Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. So all of Joe Biden's always like floating in the background and he was supposed to run in 2016, but because his son died and, or at least he was like on the verge of dying, he didn't do it. <clears throat> so yeah. And, and he's been in, he's been in politics for like over 45 years. I mean, the dude's old as fuck. So, and he's, yeah. and he's done a lot. And he's had a he's had a really kind of interesting and sad life. So that's like begging for uh for an Academy Award worthy performance from somebody by playing Joe Biden. And 
I'm just like, all right, who's going to play this guy? It's got to be easier to cast a Joe Biden than a than Trump. Trump's a hard one to cast because he's such a clown and is like so unique and wacky and out there. And that I feel like if someone's going to play Trump, it's got to be the way that that dude played Nixon in Frost Nixon, where it was more about his. It was never the look. Like the guy in Frost Nixon looks nothing like Nixon, but he. But the mannerisms are perfect. But at the same time, though, like I'm like think about Vice, right? Like the fact that they were able to make Christian Bale look like Dick Cheney when Christian Bale on his own doesn't really look like Dick Cheney. Right. So like, I I think you got to give some Liberty. Like I'm looking to the cast of that, like Sam Rockwell played George Bush, Tyler Perry played Colin Powell. Steve Carell was Donald Rumsfeld. Amy Amy Adams was Liz Cheney. Like you can kind of, right. Like you can make, you can put a bunch of makeup Hollywood. So it's more about, to me, it's like the demeanor, the mannerisms, like that type of stuff. And do you know who I'd actually think, right? I think it would take a bit of work because I'm trying to find a young Joe Biden, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Someone's got to play him through the ages. True. Yeah. Yes. So you got to play through the ages a bit, right? Because it is such a long story where the, the vice story was more about George Bush's presidency. Yeah, it's tough because young Joe Biden doesn't really look like old Joe Biden if you look at him. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, it's a little bit of it there. Got a little bit of that glazed look in his eyes. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because I actually kind of think you got to go Tom Hanks territory for this. Yeah, maybe. Right? I think you give him enough makeup, you do enough stuff. I think you can kind of get Tom Hanks to play a bit of Joe Biden. That's what I think. You could. I mean, it would be interesting, actually, if it was. um, I was actually thinking maybe you get like uh, Joe Biden's also tall. He's towering. And that's why Tom Cruise would be perfect. Uh, Tom Cruise is a good one. He's a good one. Think, I'm, uh, I'm looking him. through old pictures of him to try to see if I can find who could Let's possibly see. play him. Look it up, Joe Biden, 1970s. Yeah, he uh, he looks like every other white dude from the yes. early 80s. <laughs> Brad Pitt could probably do it. Like Brad Pitt's mm-hmm. a good one. He's a good one as well. But um, like, you also have to capture the old stuff because people, you, you got kind of the situation where. Brad Pitt's also done that band through the ages because he did um, Benjamin Button. Uh, Brad Pitt's a good one, actually. Like, looking at Brad Pitt, that's a good choice, actually. That might be a better choice than – that's going to be a better choice than uh, than Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks might be a little too old right now. Yeah. Also, I think uh, Tom Hanks is very – I feel like you also have to do someone who's going to do this um, – the, the delivery of a Joe Biden line. I don't know what it is, but Tom Hanks is always going to be Tom Hanks. You know who else might be? It's hard because you don't like if you want to start with the young, but you have to do a bit of makeup is uh, Captain America would be a good choice. Oh, Chris Evans. He'd be a good choice as well. You're thinking you're thinking Chris Evans for the Oscar for playing Joe Biden. Finally, yeah, get like again, Evans. Chris Evans, yeah. you see a lot of pictures with him with a beard, right? He tends to rock this beard, but I'm looking at like Captain America version of him. And you give him a little bit of makeup to get him a bit of that Joe Biden. He's also from the the Northeast. He's from Boston, I think. Um, yeah, I, I this guy might be the young choice to pick, where he can kind of play all the roles. And you give him a little makeup and make him look old, and you and you push him into that Oscar territory. Yeah, and who who do you think is directing this thing, and why is it Oliver Stone? <laughs> Tell me why it's Oliver Stone. Uh, I think that's a good one. 
because he does um, all these presidential things. Yes. But I think this is something that you feel like Steven Spielberg's looking at this thing. He's like, this is how I could really pander to these liberal fools. <laughs> yeah. Who do you get to play Barack, right? Because Barack's got to be a big part of this. Yeah. But Barack's got to be in it. Kamala's got to be in it. Hill, Hill Dog's got to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. A, so, a, a little Bernie, a little Bernie in there. Yeah, you definitely got someone playing Trump, of course. Yeah. Like course. all the people are going to be in this movie. Yeah, I actually, I actually really like uh, Chris Evans for this. The more that I'm All looking right. at these pictures, I like him. I, li- I think it's a good right, choice. So you can Chris play Evans. young Biden as well. Chris Evans as the title role. Do we I let think, Do we let Anthony Mackie be Barack? <laughs> we just just lean into it. I mean, by the time this thing gets made, I I'm thinking, or, or mm, you think Denzel could do it? Too old. It's too old. At too this old. Point. All right. His, you, you, need young, you need young in it. Like if you put a little makeup on Chris Evans, I like Anthony Mackie for this. It doesn't really look like, he doesn't look like Barack, but you just lean into the fact that these two have obviously been in a bunch of movies together. Just lean into it. Why not? Kevin Hart. <laughs> Too short. Fair enough. Man, who else? Yeah, Anthony Mackie could do a pretty good. I, I bet Why he'd not? kill it. Yeah, you be, just get like a great bunch of for, for this people. story, he'd be great. Right, if we're making a Barack movie, he's not great. But if we're making a Joe Biden movie with Barack, you just give him a cool Barack, right? You just give him a cool version, a cooler version than maybe Barack Obama actually is. You just make him even cooler, and it's Joe Biden's perception of Barack, and it's Anthony Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be a support role anyway. It's not like he's the guy. You'd have him like you'd you'd have clips of him doing stump speeches and things like that. I'm looking at the and cast they, of. I'm just looking at the although, cast of. Although Barack Obama would be critical because if you do it like a buddy buddy movie, and he really is like a pretty large presence in the in the later years. Yeah, because he wouldn't really show up as well. I guess you got a big chunk of it, right? Because you got the VP years. This would be like yeah, a but then he comes Trump back, Trump. right? It's almost oh. like it's almost like you got to go find Barack. And tell him, like, I'm going to do this. I've got to save America, right? And Barack's, like, at his house, like, ignoring, like, what's going on. Yeah. And you get a big speech, right? When Barack sort of inspires Joe to go do this job, to go take the mantle from me. It's basically the story of Captain America, but in reverse. (laughs) Yeah. I'm up for the, um, yeah, I'm I'm totally down for it. Yeah. That's a good angle. Yeah. Where Barack is just like, you got to go save America, Joe. I can't do it. I tried. I did it for eight years. to do it. I did it for eight years, and then yeah. uh, they sort of elected this clown. We got we got to take it back. No, it's going to be like, like Metal Gear well, Solid. I'm not I'm not stealing it. I'm taking it back. Metal Gear Solid too. Don't forget. And then it's like, who should be my vice president? Then you like hard cut to like Kamala doing stuff. So who's, <laughs> she, who's she's playing? Listening, she, she's listening to Snoop Dogg in a dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make this movie. <laughs> Who's, who's playing Kamala Harris? Who do you got? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm not sure, actually. I think I would want to get someone off the board, maybe. Janelle Monet. Ah, that's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. I, mean, um, I want her in everything, so that would be my choice. It's not a bad choice. You get a little new age. You get a little... I like that. That's a, I like the way you're thinking. That's a good one. And she'll be a little older by the time this thing gets made, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You know, I like it. Said it, you know, that you know, so who, who plays support. Hillary? Like in any movie, who's playing Hillary? Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> I think Meryl Streep's too old. She is too old. I'd, too old. I'd actually go with like an Amy Poehler. 
Hmm. It's got similar too, facial. I feel like it's too too comedic though. But but I think that's not a bad thing, right? Like you lean into a bit of the like you got to make it's a bit of the seriousness, but it's so serious that it's kind of a joke. But you need to feel it when movie. she when she loses in 2016. Because then, because that's when you have the moment where Biden, you got to see it in his eyes. Like it could have, it could have been me. I she just I looks like shit. she just looks like Hillary Clinton to me, which is why it immediately came to my head. Amy Poehler. Yeah, she looks like Hillary Clinton. Let's see. Or when Hillary Clinton goes to get her hair done, she comes. She's like, they go like, "What do you want?" And she goes, "Give me the Amy Poehler." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. But it'll. Uh, I, I think uh, how much budget we have? We got a lot of budget for this movie. Uh, what about the uh, the girl who was in Rampage? What is her name? The woman, sorry. Um, Rampage cast. It's Hold it's on. Malin Ackerman, right? Is that her name? I don't know. You worked on that movie. You would know. She might be. I believe it's, I think it's, she was, let's see. Let's see if I can find the cast here real quick. I believe oh, okay. that is her name. Oh, yeah. yeah she's okay. Just, Malin yeah, Ackerman. Yeah. Malin Ackerman. She, she also oh, is yeah. in, she's also in um, Billions. Okay. With right. Paul Giamatti. Very, yeah, very, yeah. I'm, uh, I like, yeah, it. I'm on board with this casting. I like it. I like it. I, I think she's she's a little she off done. the board. She can play a bit of serious. She can play a bit of funny as well. Better choice than than Amy Poehler. Probably a little cheaper than Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Yeah, save some money. <laughs> yeah, Amy Poehler is expensive now. Um, I like this. I like where this movie is going. So we got Chris Evans. We got Anthony Mackie. Yep. We got Malin Ackerman. And who Janelle else you got cast? And Janelle Monet. Look at that. Well, we we got did it. it. <laughs> the Joe Biden movie. We did it. I'm thinking Paul Giamatti as Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> just, just bring it all together. <laughs> you know what? I'm down with it. I mean, but Trump's got a Paul Giamatti's not very big. Right? Like Trump's kind of he, he's big as well. So you, you kind of need a. I'm looking at the uh, the cast of Rampage, and I'm thinking maybe Jeffrey Dean Morgan actually would probably he could probably do a decent Trump. You know what? I'd be down with that. He's got a little sinister in him. You yeah. fatten him up a bit. You could just get rid of the beard. When's the last time you seen this dude without a beard? Probably in a long time. He's a bit of a chameleon too. He does all sorts of stuff. I mean, now he's mostly Walking Dead, right? But I, think, I remember, but him, from, I remember how him that show is still how that show is still on TV. I don't. No, and he's been on it for a long time too, right? Yeah, he'd be all right as a Trump. I think there's a better choice. I mean, but look, Trump, you can almost pick. I mean, I'd almost pick Christian Bale just to get back in the fat suit. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> a fat suit? I thought he put on the weight. It's it's a bit of both. He put on the weight, but he also, I mean, that that face, that round uh, Dick Cheney face. Eh, I don't know. If Christian Bale was built that way. Oh man, who's the I'm trying to think here? When are we doing this? It's gonna be a it's gonna be a while. It's gonna be a long time. No, you gotta do say. it before before you do it year three. Really? Okay, then it's definitely Oliver Stone directing. He's he's yeah, really good it at it. It ends with him becoming president. That's how it ends. It ends yeah, with him talking about unity, right? It ends on the positive mm-hmm. note. Yep. So Before you don't get because again you're telling so much pre story about his wife and his and his child dying and then his son dying and then like all of this stuff happening it's the and journey then it's the, the journey to the yes, house. journey and then the end is him becoming president and defeating the evil Donald because Donald Trump you only give Donald Trump about an hour of this movie at max right it's like forty five minutes really where it's like the first hour and a half is telling Joe Biden's story. What about uh what about John C Riley? 
That's a great choice, actually. I yeah, that's, that's a great choice. Great choice. I, I like you it. Should be a casting director. You should. John Tyree is a wonderful choice. Boom. Um, because he's got a bit of the comedy, but he can also pull that serious as well. Yeah. All right. Who else? Who else do we need in this cast? Or is that like kind of your temple? That's your. Uh, those are your guys. I think that's we, it. I think that's what you're billing this with. I think this is what Pence, you're... casting Pence. <sighs> sure. He's I at guess. the inauguration when Trump isn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't <laughs> know who. About uh... Trump's last words, by the way. <laughs> we can. I, I didn't see them. I've ignored Donald Trump since. I sent them to you. I guess you didn't have the context then. No. He made a speech before the inauguration. He did a separate speech. And what he said was his last words before, after, at the end of his speech, were, have a good life and we'll see you soon. And then he walked off stage. <laughs> God, he's such a weirdo. <laughs> and, then, and then the plane took off to My Way, that song. And it was yeah. like perfectly staged. And they played this on CNN. And the whole panel, along with Anderson Cooper, were laughing while this thing was taking off. <laughs> it's surreal and definitely worth a watch if you haven't done it yet. Okay, I'll have to watch this. Yeah, not right now, but definitely watch it. Um, cool. Well, there you go. We made a movie. And as for who's playing Mike Pence, it doesn't really matter. He could honestly be played by a different actor every five minutes and people wouldn't know yeah, the difference. Just like, just like Mike Pence, doesn't really matter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's get a little, let's move over to enough of that shit. Let's move to some media therapy here. And I'm going to start with a question. Who's older, Ralph Macchio or Paul Giamatti? Ooh. Ralph Macchio, of course, star of Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Which is making a bit of a resurgence because of Cobra Kai. And that's why I thought of Ralph Macchio, because guess who's been watching Cobra Kai? I'm going to guess that Ralph Macchio was, I mean, it's tough because he was Karate Kid as a kid, right? Yep. It's like at least at least younger than 22, I would say, his role in Karate Kid. Um, I'm going to say he's older, though. I'm going to say he's older. I'm going to say he's older by two years. I'm going to say Ralph Macchio is in mid-50s. Well, Ralph Macchio looks great. Okay. And Cobra Kai, he looks, he looks great. Yeah. And... He is six years older than Paul Giamatti. Wow, Paul. Paul. Oh, Paul. Yeah. 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 And I got another good one for next week, but I will save it. So I guess I'll start here and say that I've been watching. I've watched. um, I haven't played many games at home this past week, but I've uh, but I have watched them. I've watched through uh, Cobra Kai season one. Now, Cobra Kai started on YouTube, right? Yes. It started on YouTube's premium. I think it's just called YouTube YouTube premium now. YouTube Red at the time. Right. Yeah. And Netflix actually bought the rights. So now all three seasons are on Netflix. And I was hearing great things about it. I listened to a podcast talking about it. I'm like, you know what? This seems like the kind of light, fun, fluffy stuff that I need in my life right now. So I started watching it. And it's good to have it on when I... I'm like multitasking, doing other things. So I did. And I had a great time. I got through season one. I'll start season two eventually. But this is like the first season of a show that I've actually gone through in a really long time. And it's not like a mountain to climb up. They're like 30 minute episodes, 10 episodes in a season. So 
I don't feel like intimidated by it. So yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a good time. There's three seasons. Season three just came out. Four is moving forward, I assume, because everybody loves it. And I recommend it. They recap all the necessary stuff from the Karate Kid, so not really. I was about to say, because I remember nothing about the Karate Kid other than the stereotypical wax on, wax off, and uh, put them in a body bag, right? That's one of the quotes as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They recap all (laughs) the necessary stuff in the show, and they do a lot of flashbacks. And it's like, if you do know it, it's I'm sure it's like awesome. And if even if and if you're somewhat familiar with it, it hits as it's supposed to. And even if you're not, it's like they tell you everything you need to know. And it focuses, but the the core of the show is around Johnny Lawrence, the enemy for the uh, the bad guy from the first movie. And he basically restarts Cobra Kai. And it's awesome. And Daniel LaRusso from the, the character has like a major role in it as well. And it just serves as a really fun, like however, but 40 years later type storytelling. It's, uh, it's good. It's like, that's the kind of thing that who would have thought this would actually work as a concept, but it works and it works really well. And they'd never take it too seriously. They're completely self-aware of how ridiculous everything is. And I recommend it. So check it out. Cobra Kai. And I watched, uh, episode three of WandaVision. Which and I have not watched yet. I've watched the first two. Did we talk about WandaVision last week? Yeah, yeah. You're not into it because you don't like uh, white uh, people. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't care about the Marvel twist as much. I just don't care about Marvel as much. And I just kind of want them to get to the twist. Yeah. But I'll they, watch it. I'll keep watching. Yeah. I'm in it. They're chipping away. Um, yeah. this, they're, moving, they're moving quicker than I expected them to, which is good. So you'll you'll get there. There's a, And each episode seems to have a different theme like from the show. So it's not like every episode is this black and white. I love Lucy affair. This yeah, one is yeah. more in a Brady Bunch style television things. Yeah. Exactly. Like they're going to lean into cool. sitcom oh, yeah. television is like, this is obviously inside of the brain of somebody who is going through a bunch of stuff. I, I like, I like the balls that they, that they had to do this thing. You know, we always say that about commit. Marvel and it's just a oh, Marvel. So it's like, they're really, not. this They've got is, more money and people are going to watch their crap. So fun. Yeah. But this, this is like, they because they they didn't just be like this is a Marvel I love Lucy it's like they basically made an I love Lucy episode <laughs> with their characters which is yes. crazy but I don't think and, it's that crazy I really don't I don't think I don't you tend to think this is again just in general which again I don't think you're wrong I think a lot of people agree with you I don't think that this is this giant risk that Marvel has taken to do this I really don't I guess I guess it's the kind of thing that you know if you think about a corporate board meeting. They'd be like, what do we do next? And it's like, well, obviously, we're going to have these people just like punching a bigger thing and a better thing, do what works. And they're like, no, we're going to do a sitcom based show. You're like, okay. Now, at this point, you basically have the the clout. The risk is not too big That's because you have so much clout that you could do whatever you want. But it's so not what you would expect. Like, I don't consider making a Black Widow movie risky because it, so no, a woman or anything like that. It's like there's nothing risky about that, and it's just the same thing over and over again. But the fact All that this is the same thing over and over this again. is not. Yeah, I know exactly. It's like you got your hero, hero's journey. That's a big bad guy. They fight the big bad guy. They win. They lose. Tease the next thing. This is this doesn't have any of that, and that's what's kind of cool about it. It at the moment it stands as a complete anomaly because I think when you get into the like when you get into the uh, 
what is it, Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah. uh, show. That's basically going to be a TV show version of a Marvel movie. But this is not. This is something that's completely different. And that's what I find intriguing about it. And it's got this kind of eerie mood to it that's different than most of these movies, too. Like, like you it, you really don't have any idea where it's going to go. And that's I guess the cool reason why I don't think it's just this risk is because, look, right? I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of an, of an executive for something like this, right? You've got two characters that in the grand scheme of your film franchise really don't mean like they kind of mean that you made vision mean something because he had an infinity stone buried in his head. And you made Wanda mean something because Scarlet Witch in the Marvel comics is a super powerful person who could do all this stuff. But it's literally like I would just would have been like, well, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you look at these two odd couple? Right. And I'm sure if you're in a boardroom and you say, well, this is this is a very odd couple, right? Like, they're odd pairing. And then you go down the rabbit hole of the odd couple, like a TV show, right? Eh, maybe we should do a concept. I can just see how this formed, personally. So I just don't give them credit for thinking of, like, this is some crazy idea. Like, they said, well, like, look, we're making a TV show. Let's just make, like, old I Love Lucy episodes. Let's just riff with this. Because these two characters in the larger scope of this thing don't really matter. <laughs> Not as much as Falcon and Winter Soldier mattered for such a lo- for such a hard part of that plot, right? Was I mean it was, and again, it's part of the reason why the Captain America movies are a little drive me a little insane because Captain America just keeps just giving Bucky passes, <laughs> just like but he's my friend. <laughs> it's like it's just enough. Yeah, so that yeah, again, I'm, I don't want to. I'm, I'm hard on this stuff just because I personally think they don't take a ton of risks with the movies. When I see opportunities in the films where you actually have to spend money. So like Doctor Strange, for example, that wasn't nearly as crazy and as trippy as it should have been, right? Because you're making a Marvel movie. When the idea of this character is supposed to be like, you were supposed to blow my mind the way that Inception did, was what I was hoping for. And it just didn't, right? It was a Marvel movie. Where the WandaVision stuff is kind of doing the same, but it's like someone riffed on an idea of making old TV shows for one of these shows, and this is the odd couple to do it with. Strange. He's, he's not a human, and she fell in love with a robot. And the robot has found ways of getting emotions. It's just, it's just not as nearly as groundbreaking as I think it is, but I'm still going to watch it. And that's the thing with all the Marvel stuff, right? Like, And I think this is why Marvel's very successful. It's because while I don't get into the lore and the deep-seated, this is amazing, I'm going to, you know, this is my life, I still watch it because they just make entertaining stuff. It's yep, still entertaining. Yeah. I'm just not going to fall in love with it and track. I'm, I'm going to watch it and then move on with my life. And I think that's just the difference. So, yeah, it's, it's hard because I'm hard on Marvel because mostly everyone just foams at the mouth over it when i just go look they just make really entertaining stuff can we just give them credit for that instead of like well let's look at all the secrets and i'm like i don't care about the secrets just watch oh, yeah. it i'm not it. i'm not going just that, enjoy it i'm not going that far deep into it but i am i'm always satisfied i'm always having a good time and it's good it's i good. also think yeah, it's again, elevated it's, by the fact that we haven't had a movie all year yeah and it's well done the stuff's yeah. well done like, let's exactly. just be, they do a very good job of producing this stuff and telling a story. Even if it's not as risky as I would like it, they don't have to be, right? It's their stuff. They they do it well for their audience, and their audience loves it. So, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't have much so on the this games department, though. So, I'll let you go. Yeah, so for me this week, I took a risk, okay? Oh. Haven't been watching much TV, but 
I was sitting in a hotel room last night, and I've got my got my access to media. I'm sort of scrolling through. I'm like, I don't want to watch something too serious, right? Because it's hard getting into serious movies or stuff that you've seen before. So I'm like, hey, I kind of want to watch something that might be funny, right? Mm -hmm. Might have a few moments. Sure. Got to have a laugh. Got to have a giggle. I decided to watch the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, how did that? How did that treat you? You know, there was a there was a time ago when Kevin James was kind of Kevin what you James. would maybe consider Kevin Smith. Sorry, okay. I always get the names confused. Very different. <laughs> I mean, kind of <laughs> used to be similar size, but now Kevin Smith's really skinny. Yeah, because he weird. ate potatoes. I believe. I believe he went on that oh, Penn and diet. Oh, really? I think, it's similar. I think that's the way he started. I think he started by eating a bunch. He he talked to to Pendulette, and he told him, "This is what I did," because Kevin James or Kevin, Kevin James Kevin Smith had like a heart attack and was like dead basically. And yeah, his daughter, who was in this movie, yeah, his daughter was basically like, "You, I don't want you to die. Can you please stop?" <laughs> I was like, "Can you please stop and actually try to fix yourself?" So he did this for his daughter. Now, he's built his own universe of stuff, right? Like, I would say the best of his movies to me personally is Dogma, right? Dogma's really good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dogma. Yeah. Dogma's great. Now, the other movies, like Clerks at the time, it's black and white, it's a little quirky. Mall Rats, like, these are movies of, like, the 90s where you kind of are like, this was what, you know, you probably thought Kevin Smith was more clever than he actually was. <laughs> Right, like no offense to Kevin Smith, it's just as you get older, you realize, ah, you know, when you're 15, it seems clever. Well, it's kind of like he's kind of like a nerdy Sorkin in how he writes movies. Sure, right? like it's yeah, a sure. lot of quick wit. Someone's gonna talk, then it's like line, 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 one time, one liner, one liner, one liner, yeah. witty, 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 witty. But it's usually like super nerdy shit thrown in between, like arguments about Superman. Yes, but even so, like. Like the fact that like the whole concept of Jay and Silent Bob is he has his friend who's not really an actor and has sort of all these problems right in his actual life, mm -hmm. and he just because he's the director of the movie he just plays this silent character who goes on this long talking diatribe once a movie, but for the most part the character is just silent, and he mimics stuff and his hand movements and it's like you know it's 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 sort of allowing for the other guy to be funny because you are the prop in it. Right, you're the supporting prop who sort of looks at him and calls, you know, whatever as this movie's going on. So nothing's different about this movie, right? Like, the, it's not all of a sudden that like, oh, this movie is just so poor. It's not like the old chance. It's exactly like the old stuff. Like, there's nothing different with it. It's just not nearly as funny. So it's bringing back old characters. Shannon Elizabeth shows back up. Rosario Dawson shows back up. The dude that played. Um, uh, Dante and Clerks is back, but he's old, right? Again, because these these movies are like thirty years old. Yeah. It was a long time ago since since Clerks and Mallrats and Dogma and all these types of movies. Um, so I kind of didn't really make it through. I got to like the last fifteen minutes and was like, I kind of know what's going to happen. It really is kind of like a father daughter story in a way. Um, so yeah. Don't watch it, but just know that it exists. <laughs> it's like, does that does that help? Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, well, I guess. I did actually yeah, forget. Like, there, there is like a movie. Chris Hemsworth is in it. Like, yeah. as, as himself, right? It just, it's one of those things where he's just like, yeah, let's just bring in, 
let's bring in Thor because he's a superhero fan and they're doing all this stuff. And it's just kind of, it's exactly what you expect from a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I have no desire to see it. I actually, no, and, and neither did I until it showed up and go, oh, okay. I'll fine, uh, I did like strike backs. So I thought it was funny. It's, it's stupid, but it's like, you know, stupid, stupid funny. Stupid. But it's stupid. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. I was hoping for more of the stupid funny, but it just doesn't. I would just say we've gotten much more clever with comedy. Right? Yeah. So like sure. and it just this just is it's a it's trying to harken back to an older time because that's what it has to do. It just does, right? He's gotta pull in all the this universe that he built and bring you back into that with adding his daughter into it. But really, it's like, well, that your own universe is just dumb, and it was great for the time. It doesn't hold up twenty years later. Like your daughter's old enough to be in this movie. I don't believe your daughter was alive when you were making a lot of these movies. It just is what it is. So yeah, look, it's it exists. It's there. I didn't make it through, which is fine. Um, but look, it's good to see he's still making movies. I don't think this movie did very well in the box office. It came out twenty nineteen, so this was still pre COVID. Um, but yeah, look, he's got enough money. He's got podcasts and stuffs going on, right? Like Kevin Smith is fine. Like no one's yeah. crying tears for this. I think he's still a solid director. I'm I'm not as I don't think I'm down on him as you are. Um, like I I enjoy his work and fine. yeah, it's this fun. is just something that I've never really thought to go out of my way to watch. And again, I'm not down on him. I I just don't think he holds up for the time. I think his humor, and look, I, I think you got to give him a lot of credit. Because nerd culture, all of this type of stuff, I would actually say he's a big part of the reason why that stuff became real kind of cool mainstream, right? It's stoner culture mixed with nerd culture, mixed with love stories. And he was the one that brought all of this stuff kind of together. And I would say that there's probably a generation of white dudes that have kind of learned it's cool to be this nerd because a dude like Kevin Smith's a nerd too, right? So I I think he is one of the pioneers of this thing where it's like, especially when it comes to like the internet and sort of all like he was on that stuff way sooner than anybody else was yeah. and putting it into films. He was putting it into his movies and his movies are doing very well. So yeah, yeah I, I don't want to pretend like I'm like, I don't want to say that I'm down on like Kevin Smith can't direct a movie. I think he's just fine. I just think it's one of those natural progressions where you just don't kind of need a Kevin Smith anymore to make movies. You need him to do other stuff, which he does. Yeah. But well, do we need a Jay and Silent Bob reboot? Not really. I don't know. Like, but I'll see Clerks 3 it. when it comes out. Yeah, again, That's I'll still watch it. Yeah, like, you'll watch it, but do you need it? Probably not. But Probably. it's glad he, I'm glad he's still doing stuff. Like, again, I, I'll you know, I'm, I was never a big enough fan to. I'm going to support everything that he's doing, but I'm glad he's still doing stuff. I'm glad he's still alive. I'm glad he didn't die when he had that heart attack because you kind of need a dude like this because he, to me, is the guy that pushed a lot of this stuff forward as far as comedy and trying to make different types of comedies than what was out at the time. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, yeah, I gave that a go. Okay. Yeah, and then the other, the, I actually did watch a movie just tonight. And I was talking too much about the TV that I forgot about it, which just shows how much I liked it. Actually, no, I watched uh, News of the World, which is the Tom Hanks, Paul Greengrass joint that just came out. It's a Western. Are you at all familiar with the movie? I'm not, no. Okay. Well, Tom Hanks plays a newsman wandering around Texas in the 1800s. And he runs across this girl who doesn't speak any English with a mysterious past, I suppose. And he's trying to get her home to a place that it's like some family 
and they encounter a bunch of trials and tribulations along the way. It's a pretty straightforward Western-themed movie, and it's quite good. It's a pretty movie. Well-acted. Paul Greengrass is a good director. Tom Hanks is a great actor. And yeah, I thought I thought it was good. It could be a bit of a slow burn at times. So I could see where it might be boring for some people at times. But overall, I, I thought it was quite endearing. I enjoyed it, and I recommend it. So check it out. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Part. I've never heard of it before, but I will give it a watch. Yeah. News of the world. I, I, I don't think we ever talked about Recipe for Seduction, did we? Did you ever watch that? Oh, shit. No, I still haven't watched it. No, you haven't watched it. You should watch it. It is only 15 minutes. I do want to talk about Recipe for Seduction. I'm, I'm looking at my Plex, and I see that Recipe for Seduction is on my watch list. And yeah, this is how I'm tracking what I'm watching so I can talk about it on the podcast. Okay. Because it Got pops it. up on my uh, thing. So. Okay, I will watch it before next week. I will watch it, and we'll talk about it next week. And, then yes. and for me, video game-wise, still playing Hades. I, I I am in this game now more than ever. I've made a bunch of runs. There's a lot more story that comes up. I mean, again, it's ancillary story, but the story doesn't stop, which is cool, right? Like I've beat the game. At the, uh, there's two new characters that you can unlock dialogues from. At the Yeah, at it's the cool. End. As we keep going, there's more stuff, and I'm just having fun building stuff, doing, like, I did a run today with, like, seven heat. So it's like, I'm just, it's a good thing to waste 30 minutes on, which is actually pretty cool. It's how I play video games. This thing turned into a game that is just like, oh, I'm casually going to make a run and see what happens. Also need to keep playing uh, more to pass the ending to Woo Meg. That's uh, a big part of it. Okay. Right? Yes, again, I'm I'm still I'm still on it. Haven't gotten there, but I'm finally doing the stuff that I kind of ignored, like giving the the nectar to people. That's right. Um, I think you yeah. can woo multiple people of different genders because this is an, an all inclusive game. Yep, I believe you can. It's Meg. It's that little imp thing, whatever that thing is that flies around. That's always like embarrassed. The green and, thing, the cleaning, the, the maid. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And uh, and death. He's the other. He's the dude. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, what a great game. De- best game of 2020. Easily. Still good. Still good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll call it there. I'm going to go to sleep because it's uh, almost 1 a.m. And it's very, if you haven't noticed by the calmer tones of my voice, I'm trying to keep quiet so I don't wake anybody else in the in the house. So we'll call it here. Um, yeah, go to he'sabroad.com. Download subscribe obviously download do that subscribe review on itunes do all that stuff and uh till next week this podcast is over